1: The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with the rest of the crew... The usual crew, I got the other Chris, Chris Tyler. Tonight, there will be a curfew. <laughs> and I've got them Jack and Eddie boys. First, I got Luke Jack and Eddie. He's like Santa Claus or King Kong. <laughs> and that other Jack and Eddie. And I totally screwed Jason. up which
2: movie we were doing. Thanks. I, forgot
3: <laughs> I, <went>. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered boy. why you were singing. Yeah, I was like, God. all right.
2: Thanks, guys. You want to start over? Are we doing? No, I can start leave again. it in. It's funny. It's Uh-oh. funny. <laughs> funny.
1: It's funny. <laughs> all
2: okay. right. So you, you want so me to say many my line now?
1: Films have you? All right. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> and Jason Eddie. He started again.
3: That sick fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great use of that and. App. And <laughs> as you can tell by all those uh, lines of dialogue, except uh, for Chris Tyler's, so we are <laughs> Sorry. watching we we are we are on our penultimate i guess of like the pure freddy movies uh <laughs> a nightmare on elm street a new nightmare cuz i guess we got the remake you know we got we got the i don't know i'm not looking forward to the remake oh, but i've been no, looking no, forward boy. to it since it came out i haven't watched this since it came out cuz i'm one of those idiots who had to watch all the other nightmare on elm street movies before i watched this so i could watch it in full context and I about had to change my pants. I was so happy I I did.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is uh this is this is this is meta, man. This is meta before meta was a thing,
0: man. This this was this movie, New Nightmare was was so meta before meta was a thing, that I distinctly remember a lot of critics at the time really really taking uh, shots at this movie because I don't think that a lot of people uh, critically and even. To a commercial extent, for some people, really understood what this movie was, because you know I, I remember people saying I saw New Nightmare, that sucked. It didn't. Freddy's hardly in it, and it's like, mm, yeah, okay, I guess if you're going in expecting it to be be the next nightmare in Elm Street film yeah it would be a little odd but if the they, really, they were really bringing up Freddie back from the very beginning right well that's what I'm saying they people I guess people wanted Freddie back and so they got it but it wasn't what they were expecting so a lot of people i that that's this is one of the i think the great examples of a 90s horror film that was you know reevaluated you know about you know five ten years after its release and now has really found it's it's a claim because I think people were now more primed for the metatextual stuff that really is laid on in this film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, everything in the world is laid on in this film oh, almost yeah. in every second of the This is the most notes I think I've ever taken for A Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. It's I I'm not even going to get to half of them because I was just watching it and I was so excited. I'm just like, "Yes, yes."
2: Yeah. This is there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on
1: this Doberman uh, nerves. There's Doberman nerves in this. Yes. They just they just th- <laughs> they just start throwing things at the wall and they never stop. And you duck. And if you duck, there's just one coming from another direction. And and about halfway through this movie, I I pause to go and take a piss. And I'm taking a piss, and I look over, and I'm like, okay, it's about halfway through. There is no way that this movie is going to maintain this momentum through the whole thing. This has got to, this has got to just like fall apart at some point because man, you know, where, where do you go from here? You know? And it didn't disappoint it. It just, the, there's barely a second that isn't like tense in this movie where the tension isn't just going. Nye, 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 nye. Yeah. Cause it, it,
2: that's uh, the first time I watched this too. I, so you, you watch it and it's, it starts off kind of like the first movie, and then you uh-huh. realize it's a dream, but it's... All right, so I I mean, most people, if you listen to this episode, you, you've probably already seen the movie, so we won't get into, you know, what that is, but we've got earthquakes of a crazy magnitude going on in California. We've got Heather Langenkamp playing herself, dealing with a crazy psycho stalker that has a Freddy voice. We've got her child having weird seizures. <laughs> like it's just layer upon layer upon layer of weird
1: and, and m- mental illness running in her family so yeah. maybe it's all she's going crazy which i don't think that ever really like blew as like i was like ah they're never going to run with that because it's going to be freddy <laughs> it's you know it's but but i love that they were expo- you know it was just like i it was like he was going to explore every single um they and as a matter of fact i'm i i wouldn't have called this movie west craven's new nightmare although that's a good title you know in the the context of the movie but i would have called this uh west craven's asshole screenplay <laughs> <laughs>
3: i don't think that's quite as marketable as new nightmare what do you <laughs> no. screenplay
1: yeah, but it's more accurate good. i think
3: well but okay, but movie titles don't need to be accurate sometimes to draw <laughs> no. you in. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Luke and I have watched many movies on AMC, which is called American Movie Classics, which are neither American nor classic. Yeah,
4: that's true.
0: Yet they still yeah. show them on that channel. So. so some some of them barely considered movies in the technical <laughs> that's sense. right, right. <laughs> But you know, the, the what I, what I like about what I like about New Nightmare and one of the I think the strongest aspects of this. First off, the opening, the very beginning is fantastic. I want to see the movie that they're shooting. Yes. Yeah. Because that looks way, I mean, I hate to, well, I don't hate to say it, but I think we'd all agree the movie that they're shooting looks way more interesting than either Dream Child. Or Freddy's dead. Yes. Well,
1: the and movie that they're shooting is kind of the movie that we're seeing because it does ha- Freddy does have the new Freddy hand. Right. And we do yeah. see we do see that underworld with the oven.
0: Exactly. So we do get elements of it. So, I mean, that that's New Line, though. It's like, well, it's not going to go to waste, you know. We already built this set once. We can use right. it again. <laughs> but um, – but, what I, but what, I, what I really like about this is when when Nancy – see, I said Nancy – when Heather and Robert go on the talk show for the anniversary of uh, Nightmare in Elm Street and the, the starting new production of the new one and all that, and, and Robert Englund comes out in this full Freddy makeup and all the signs that say, we love Freddie, and everyone's chanting and cheering. This idea of this horrible villain, this almost monstrous character as a pop culture icon, you know? And and that being what, uh, you know, that, that, that that's the end result of everything that New Line has done making these movies is make I'm, this awful uh, uh, villain into something that's popular and, and beloved.
1: You know? I'm looking right now at my Freddy yo-yo. Right, so, exactly. There go.
3: Well, so, it wasn't just a Freddy yo-yo. I mean, you had Freddy pajamas for kids, for Christ's sake. He, he was a child murderer. <laughs> Who
0: killed you in your sleep?
3: Yeah.
0: Right. And they made yeah, Freddy PJs.
3: PJs. Right, come on, right, man. Are
1: going to, which, uh, of course, when you wake up in the middle of the night as a little kid in your dream, every Freddy on your PJ is going to come to life and start stabbing you like in, you know, Army of Darkness. It's like...
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's just the fact that they uh, had the wherewithal to tackle that is...
1: I mean, that's cra- something beautiful. There's something Silver Shamrock about that, you know what well, I'm saying? Cause,
2: well, because Craven's yep. a smart guy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how kind of on the pulse of knowing exactly... I mean, because he's... I don't know if he's a horror fan. You know, he makes horror movies. But, you know, he has the, the intelligence to understand what happens when you dilute something so much. That's what you get.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, you know... and to, But then to... You know, to, with with that, and then to to for, so firmly set this in the real world. I don't know if this is what New Line Cinema's offices look like. I know that's really Bob Shea, which is fantastic. Yeah,
3: and but, the you know, executive producer is a real lady too. Yeah, and she, uh, she whatever yeah, her name Swisher. I, I, yeah, what, what, uh, I don't the don't one who that. calls Swisher, her on the phone. Swisher. Yeah. The one who calls her on the phone—that's really her, because she's all over the documentary. When you watch, uh, when you watch the documentary *Never Sleep Again*, she's on there a lot, because she's the executive producer and she works for New Line. Like, I mean, she's all over the documentary. So in the movie, she plays herself. In fact, I mean, uh, Heather's it's, it's, husband i'm sorry it's sarah Risher is who. sarah talking. Risher, thank yeah, you yeah.
0: yes yes thank and you and i think she i think yeah. she makes a point that she went and bought a new suit and everything just to be in the yes
3: movie. <laughs> yeah well that's the whole point she wanted to make sure they look good for the movie and whatever i mean obviously some of those people must be actors but i wouldn't put it past bob shea to be like look why are we just sh- filming the office yeah you know let's have our movie. real people be on there i mean i the secretary might not be the real secretary um, because she definitely gives that actress kind of like she's not she doesn't seem like a real secretary. At, not say it's fake, but you know she's she's definitely had someone who maybe had a little acting training. yeah uh, you know, cause she knew to like kind of like, you know, give her the the you know the the snide look and the whatever else. But I wouldn't put it past Bob Shea to say, look, let's just shoot this in the office. I mean, that could be Wes Craven's real house for all we I, know. I, that could I'm, be, willing,
0: I'm willing to believe that is Wes Craven's real office yeah, that they yeah, shoot I, in. Yeah. And that's,
2: uh, listening to the commentary, I don't believe it's um, – Robert Englund is not a painter, and I don't believe that's his house, and it's not uh, Heather's house.
3: Yeah. So, well, no, we, yeah. Well, but it's also not the the guy who plays her husband's an actor, not her actual husband. Yeah. Because he believed that playing himself was uh, a curse, or so yeah. like like you know like he wouldn't play himself on screen. Yet yeah, everyone else in the movie who's playing themselves, but he's also not an actor. He's a special effects artist, which special is real. He guy, really yeah. worked on the movie, and the funny part is the guy who plays her husband in the movie, he. He's like he 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 said he goes, I'm the most un special effects guy ever. He goes these are blue collar guys with like uh um Wearing like a, you know a heavy metal band T-shirt and jeans, he goes, "I am so not one of those guys." <laughs> and it's true because he doesn't look like when you see the special effects guys. When you usually, I, mean, I don't mean like Stan Winston himself, but like you see the guys who work for Stan Winston or work for Rick Baker, the whole crew—they're blue-collar workers. They're guys who are doing a job. Like they're in there. They may be artists, but they all have on jeans with paint on them and black shirts and whatever. And they're then he's such not that guy. So, no, but,
1: I, but, I, I thought he was the weakest actor in the whole movie, so I was mm-hmm. glad that, that yeah. he took a dirt nap real quick.
3: Well, <laughs> his – when he's driving, when he scratches his crotch, that, that was scene added later, that was not him actually scratching his crotch. It's oh. a stunt crotch stunt with crotch. someone else scratching Stunt crotch. Just letting everyone know. I don't want him to even think like, hey – because he goes, I wouldn't scratch my crotch like that. I would do it this way. So, <laughs> just want to get that out there. You know, sometimes you have stunt boobs in movies. You sometimes yeah. will have you know, yeah. an actress won't do the nudity, so they bring in someone with a better pair of boobs. Uh, but you know, stunt crotch right there. So.
2: Well if you've seen Orgasmo, you know about the stunt cock. <laughs> stunt
1: cock. Oh my! God. It wasn't me. It was
2: a stunt butt.
1: That's my middle <laughs> name, actually. Stunt cock. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: All, all i've all i've got to say is man thank god for john saxon when he catches the kid jumping off the thing i'm or falling off yeah. the thing i know i know but but thank god for john saxon in general because just he, he really is a he really is a gift isn't he
1: yes yes <laughs> when he shows up in the movie i'm just like oh oh my god <laughs> yeah. oh that is, this is happening okay mm. <laughs> And, well, and, and you know, besides, I like his phone message too, where he's just like, "I may be gone for quite a while." Robert, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, that was Robert
0: England's.
3: Yeah. Robert I
0: England.
3: Mean, Eng- well, oh, might
0: is, be a... England. I mean, Robert England's character in this movie—he is so uh, just completely out of his depth. You know, he's just kind of going along for the ride here, and then when the shit hits the fan, he gets the hell out of dodge.
4: Yep. He's but the smartest away, guy in the you know,
0: movie. <laughs> it's like
3: we're going to Europe. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna so, backpack through Europe. <laughs> yeah. bye. But uh, actually, there there was a, apparently there was a scene in the script about him, about Robert England being menaced by Freddy that never was shot, but in like a big spider web or something like that. And they saw that it it kind of took away from the narrative of of Freddy, the the real Freddy, wanting to get Nancy. You know, yeah. so 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 it was so, so Robert being in there it didn't make sense. So that's why they have him you know doing the paintings and then getting the hell out of there. Um, it's it's. You know, it's uh, it's what's funny is that you know you made the point earlier, um, uh, Chris, about how you know uh, whether Craven's a horror fan or not, he understands you know how how something and, and and whether it can be watered down or what. I mean, that's that's what he says. He goes, the story dies. It's watered down. It's too familiar. You know, and so after you know uh, six movies of this, they they really changed it up. And this was all kind of stuff that I think that Craven had percolating even as far back as Dream Warriors that i mean if they if if audiences weren't ready for this in the 90s there was no way they were going to buy this in the 80s like, yeah. i think we can all agree to that yeah you know well, now too this is, is more seen as as i'm sorry was real quick i say now sure. i think now people understand the metatextual stuff but right. you know back in in the mid 80s man
3: that had been a oh, i don't know want to know what that would have been <laughs> well craven has. <laughs> Craven had said, real quick, Craven had said that he was in L.A. and he saw a bus go by and it had the Freddy's dead along the whole side of the bus, right? You know, I, Freddy's dead was pushed real hard. And it had on the side of the bus says, Freddy's dead. And he said, oh, they must have milked, they, they must have, uh, you know, milked it for all it's worth because now they're killing him off, right, kind of thing. And that was the whole idea was that, like, he was like, oh, I guess there's nothing left there. And he had these ideas, but they never – he was never – even though he was consulted on some of them and whatever like he it was never his after the first one it never was truly his story anymore it was always they brought him in and he or he did a script and then they cut the script apart and they did whatever it was never him doing it all like it was for the first one again anymore and so he had these you know parts and bits and pieces and he's like okay but it wasn't like he ever had like Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, two, you know, like like a very set. Mo- like it was supposed to be. Here's the movie, you know. It was his nightmare, and it's. I think that's one of the things they really push here too, is that they're showing that it's his nightmares, it's his with what he finds disturbing. In this case, it's it's all it's the idea of Freddy being an entity that's you know actually in, infecting his dreams. But he's it's it's what scared him as a child. I mean, that's ultimately what this whole series is about. Him looking at a window and a home a homeless man on the street staring up at him and then he went and hid and then came back later like hours later looked out and the homeless man was still standing there staring at him and that scared him so much as a child that it stayed with him and then when he read about the the guys trying to stay awake because they were afraid to fall asleep and once the kid the the it was a young man he fell asleep and he died in his sleep because he was because he knew as soon as he fell asleep he'd die he took those couple ideas and you mix it together and that's Freddie Krueger, You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, that, that crazed man on the street in a, in a Christmas sweater staring at you for hours at your window. Cause he's insane, you know, kind of like, so. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, it's just one of those, you know, you know, there was something there. And, and obviously when you, when you realize like what we get here in, this is 94, right? ninety ninety yeah, four yeah. 94. Um, it, it was a little early I think for the people for for most people to accept what they were getting and then when we get scream was that 96 90 97 I think you know things had changed enough where 96, 96 it's, it's I mean it's, it's a couple years later but I'm saying but it's yeah. not like it was you know I mean things it doesn't seem like that long a couple of years is not that long in the reality of everything but it's like the the way people saw a film and the, what people were willing to accept and what went into it had changed enough. Where I mean, I mean, I mean, Scream he really turns it completely. Like, okay, look, movies are fake, you know, kind of thing. Like, it's going on here, but it's also like they're, you know, playing with those ideas and thing here. Here, I mean, to me, one of the best parts of the movie is when it goes from uh, John Saxon being John Saxon. To them being like, why are you calling me John? Nancy, yeah. she goes, what? Like all yeah, of a sudden, the it, movie starts the, again. Right. Well, it's in yeah, the same yeah. scene.
0: In that in yeah. that same scene, when she comes home, he calls yeah. her Heather, and then the next time he calls, he says Nancy, and his clothes change in between yeah. it. It's like yeah. the, the first time you watch that, it's, it's a mistake, you're like, well, wait a minute, no, it's not a mistake,
1: you know? Right. Yeah, and, and it's and, like every cro- every cross cut they do after that. Like, they cut back to her, and then she's in her outfit from the original Nightmare on Street, and then the house is the same, and then it's it's really well done, and it would have made the movie more complicated, but if England would have been around, I mean, it would have been a natural that England would have been taken over, and you probably could have done a little tribute to part two and had Freddy come out of England, you know? Oh, yeah, that would have
0: been cool. That would have been very cool, actually. Yeah. But, you know, but that's, you know, that, that's what I mean. It's, there's all this, this alone, just on a concept. Now, let's ignore the fact that the movie itself is extremely well made and well done. Just as a concept, this takes something that literally New Line had run until they could squeeze no more profit out of it, the original Nightmare setup. And this takes all the familiar trappings of a Nightmare in Elm Street movie. And does a completely different direction on it and revitalizes it. And look how much effort um, was put into this, and all the different permutations and innovations that we've just can you know thought of in our own minds, just the, us four random guys. You know, so this is something that provides so much springboard and so much food for thought. It's such a great concept that we're lucky that the film, you know, really does the concept a lot of justice. You know, this whole uh, everything we get here. Just works so well, and this idea of the concept of fiction and all that, and something that is is you know taking fiction and taking you know hanging out in there and it's happy to be there, and then it's it, it likes it so much, it wants the fiction to keep going. The difference to me always between new nightmare and scream was that scream very specifically avoided anything supernatural. You know, Mm -hmm. Scream played homage, especially to Halloween, and, you know, Halloween's kind of the big one they pay homage to, and the shape eventually becomes a figure of some kind of supernatural power. Initially, he's not really, but you kind of wave your hands at it, whereas the killers in Scream, specifically Scream, not so much the sequels, have to follow the rules of physics, you know? Whereas here in New Nightmare, by setting it in the real world, okay, and this is this is the really real world. This isn't just the air quotes up to the microphone real world. This is the really real world. I mean, Heather Lagenkamp, not, you know, actress playing Heather Lagenkamp. This is the really real world. And then you add that supernatural aspect on top of it, and the whole thing becomes very unsettling. You know, Chris, you were talking about that. There's not a minute goes by that's not some building of Almost not a second. film. That that it's yeah. I mean, that that that's one of the by setting it in and and they had you know um, I forget what earthquake it was, but they had an earthquake hit California mm-hmm. right where they were shooting it. So there's a lot of those earth the earthquake damage. They they said they had mocked up and done some sets of earthquake damage, and then the earthquake hit, and the stuff that they found just driving around town shooting was ten times worse than anything they could have done. And so they mm-hmm. used that stuff. And so using this real-world stuff in there, it, it, it really makes it an unsettling experience because we don't know any more than Nancy does. I keep saying Nancy. We don't know any more than Heather does in this for the majority of it. No, we're finding it out as she is. It's not like, yeah. you know... We, the audience does, you know, in a, in a typical nightmare sequel where the audience has a certain depth of knowledge that the characters don't. Here we don't know what the hell's going on either. So it it really is very
2: good at building that that dramatic tension.
1: Yeah, and I want to yeah. say Heather Langenkamp brings it for yeah, this movie. Yeah, this
2: is her best acting performance in the, in her three appearances easily. It's
0: her best acting performance in anything. Frankly, I mean she's great in this.
1: She sells. She sell. It's a hard sell, and she sells it. And... Well, it's
2: it's also more real. I mean, by this point she yeah. actually was mar- married and had kids and. You know, so it's it's probably something that's a lot easier to draw from, you know, well, it's not just that. she
3: also had a stalker by this point.
2: She had the stalker from just the ten of us oh. who
3: caused her to she actually had moved to England, she had like she had changed her number and it was getting real bad, and she actually moved to England. And she lived over there for a number of years. I was gonna uh, say that's why she, she was, didn't act. That's why she didn't act in the U.S. Yeah. for a while, right? Because yeah. she, she was afraid for her safety. She was she was truly afraid for her safety because wow. of someone who was obsessed with just the ten of us. At, which is which I always find really funny. I mean, I know there's a lot of Lubbock babes in nightmare movies, but that that the, that the person who was that obsessed with just the ten of us, he was the one threatening her and 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 she felt endangering her family not a nightmare in elm street fan right. they just were like oh I can I have your autograph you know kind of yes. thing like the, you know. the the night, the nightmare
0: fans are the wiener. are the guys. <laughs> oh my God, Missy! Oh my God, like, you're, you're 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 like the greatest green heroine of all time. It's like you know, like you know, like, like, like Janet Leigh. She's got like nothing on you. You're so amazing. Oh my God, <laughs> you know that kind of
3: thing. When, when you hear Robert England when Robert England talks about on in the documentary? He says he, uh, when they first talk about uh, for, for, uh Freddy vs Jason, yeah, the concept. of it, He goes like. He goes, oh, I was after the first movie. And someone's like, hey, dude, you know, do you think? And I was like, is that really the voice he's doing? And it's him doing, like, an annoying voice. And I'm like, that's hysterically <laughs> funny. Because that's what he, him, that's what his, Yeah, the I did, you know, like, could you tag Jason? It's like, which is like a valley <laughs> oh, And like, I
4: don't,
3: what? Like, All these products don't, don't, me a rash? It's, it's like, it's like if Pauly Shore and a valley girl got together and, oh, like, yeah. was stoned the whole time. So, anyway. That's right, actually pay...
1: happened, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm sure it has. And, and usually you sure. got to pay extra for that kind of action. But, but you know. <laughs> well, no, but, yeah, but, yes. But, but yeah, like I said, ether Langenkamp yeah. is just – she brings so much to this. And she's so believable just as, you know – you know, uh, sometimes actress, you know, slash, you know, wife of special effects guy, slash, mom, and she's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's, it, like you said here, it, it's a, it's much more realistic than playing, you know, the, you know, playing uh, Nancy in one or in three. But this is, it, she yeah. does such a great job with it that you never for a question, never for a moment question the sincerity and the aut- authenticity. Easy for me to yeah. say, which which raises the authenticity of the film. But she's also on
3: screen. Think, think of how much she's on screen this movie movie. compared to, right? I I can't think of any other time, even in Nightmare One she's not on screen as much as she is here. I don't think there's any time when she's been on screen more. So think about something. You have an an actress who, uh, for whatever the reason might have been, she stepped away from acting for a while, at least in America. I mean, she's known for, you know, Nightmare 1 and 3, but she's kind of, you know, a lot of people know her for being on Just the 10 of Us, where, let's face it, acting was not really what they were going for on that that, that show. You know what I'm saying? But to put her in the lead of this movie... Was a risk, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, it makes sense in what happened, and they got a great performance out of her. But that's a risk, right there. You're putting an actress who, even though she's an actress and she's an older actress, you know, it's not like she's some like it wasn't like you know putting a kid in the middle of the role. You took a risk, you know, you know, uh, trying to bring back you know this movie that was gonna already be much different than what people thought they might be getting into with a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And to have somebody who, you know, they're like, okay, well, I guess this will work. And it, you know, I, I know people didn't quite understand this movie necessarily when it, when it came out, uh, at least some people didn't, but that's a, I mean, to me, that's a big risk. 1994. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, it's not like this was made direct to video. This went to the theaters, Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, and, and, and you're, you're hoping that the name Wes Craven will help carry some people into the theater. And then, and, but that, you know, and if you think about it, Robert England is on screen. You don't I mean he's. I mean, it's he's on screen for the first, you know, half of the movie, a little bit more, a, you know, number of times. But he's not Freddy Krueger at those points. He's Robert mm-hmm. England.
0: Yeah. You know. So. And I, interestingly, just as a bit of trivia, Freddy Krueger is played by himself in this film. Ah. Yes. yes. Robert England is credited as himself, and so is Freddy Krueger. So I thought that was kind of. That's you know it's one of those uh, you know wink wink nudge nudge you know know what I mean say no more sir kind of things but I yeah. thought that was all with this I, I like little you know we really sell the concept like that all yeah. these people playing themselves Well, clearly Freddy's obviously himself too right or it's yeah. all
1: a, or it's all really a dream right now and that's the tell <laughs> I'm gonna go spin a top <laughs> don't bother
4: uh, <laughs> speak, speak,
1: speak. I
0: liked Inception. That that's uh, a that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> yes, it is.
2: Uh, speaking of uh, the entity known as Freddy Krueger in this movie, I fucking love the look of Freddy in this one. Oh yeah. Oh, I think he yeah. looks great. I
1: love the the purple trench coat. Oh, oh, he's he's pimping it up in this. I think they're, I mean, they definitely were working away from the 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 sweater Freddy. Sweater Freddy was sort of for when England was in the outfit. You know. I mean, he's got the sweater on, but it's like, yeah, they, it, this is. But it's under his duster and, yeah. you know, and it's and he's got, he's got like the smooth, like the, that hat. Um, He almost reminded me of the mask a little bit, you know, some of the versions yeah. of the mask. I can see
2: that. Yeah, with the, with the hat and the, and the big coat and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah, it's just everything about it is, it's. Ah, oh, it's just a great look
1: with that. Because that. he's like he's he's a demonic entity, and he's just like, I'm good, you know. Yeah, I'll be this janitor guy, but come on. Well, you know <laughs> what? It's kind does. of from a from a thematic standpoint.
0: What it reminded me of, and this is by contractual obligation, I gotta relate it to Godzilla here. You know, when in in 1984, when Toho brought back Godzilla after he had been on the shelf for a decade at the end of the Showa era. You know, the Godzilla that we get in Return of Godzilla, a.k.a. Godzilla 1985, is radically different in the details from the Godzilla that we kn- knew and loved from the, you know, f- starting in 1954 through 1974. But he was instantly recognizable as Godzilla, even though it was a more serious uh, look, it was a more detailed look, of, you know. That that kind of stuff. That is the strength of Fred Krueger. Here is that yes, he is radically different in the details, but he is instantly instantly recognizable as Freddy Krueger. And so even though those details do change it and do make him you know make him look more menacing or you know make make him just look more different or however you want, it's it works so well just because it's so clearly still recognizable as Freddy. You know, and that that's one of the things that to me you know we the, the term iconic gets thrown around so much nowadays, especially on the internet, that it means absolutely nothing. But in a cinematic sense, uh, it always relates back to, to me it relates back to the Warner Brothers cartoon Duck Amuck, where the idea was, okay, if I take Daffy Duck and I change him, is he still recognizable as Daffy Duck? Is he still iconic to be Daffy Duck? And that's what we get here with Fred Krueger. We've changed the setup of what Freddy Krueger is. We've changed some of the details of his look. Yet he's still recognizable as Freddy Krueger, and he still is Freddy Krueger. That's the inherent strength of the character. And in this case, it's how well this particular iteration of him is thought out that it's readily accepted. You know, and among horror fans who are notoriously siloed and don't like to accept change in their beloved horror icons. That Freddy changes radically and is immediately beloved by the you know the, the fans that really caught on to what Craven and company were doing here. So it, it, again, it, it's just another piece of uh, evidence of the strength of the overall story and the overall concept. I kind of wish that, that they can change Freddy's look so dramatically. Go ahead, yeah.
1: I kind of wish they'd given him a tail though, with a flag on it, with a screw and a ball. <laughs> yes. it. It Would have been great.
0: I just don't feel like myself right now.
1: I love Duckamuck. <laughs>
0: Duckamuck that would have been is great.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, now who I mean, else? It... The first time you saw this, I guess this—I'm the only one who's like really new to this movie. But I, you know, there was a lot of, you know, just blatant foreshadowing, you know, oh, with yeah, the, like the Hansel and Gretel counseling. and stuff. Gretel, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but who, who? I thought for sure that I was going to see Freddie fight a dinosaur.
2: Oh, I don't think the budget allowed for it, but it would have been great.
1: Yeah, I I, I thought for sure there was going to be at least one scene where like he faces off with a dinosaur for for a second.
2: It, it would have been
0: awesome. I think I think yeah. what is it? Uh, Wes Craven has the original Rex. He does. In his collection, he does. Yeah.
3: He has. A, he's on his shelf. He talks about I like, that. I I like that, he, that. He has they sewed, the original one.
1: Sewed up Rex with bright red, red yeah. th- thick threads, so he had just like red gashes across it. Here you go, kid. Fixed straight up. Yeah, we didn't want to use a green thread.
3: <laughs> well, no, but that's also too. That's the whole idea, is that the uh, I mean, well, the dinosaur is green. The thread is red. That's Freddy's entire color yeah. scheme. Yeah.
1: And uh, and at any point, know, anything could be a dream anyway.
3: Sorry. Right, yeah. Right. And then the thing too is with with that is, and Craven talks about that the the idea of a protector, um, and how important that is for when kids are young they have their protectors and then we learn how to control our dreams and how to in our dreams have a protector and that what he do, do he you know rex sits uh, at the bottom of the bed to keep him from coming up because you're the boogeyman coming up and getting you you know getting your feet getting you know, you can't have your hand hang over they'll grab your hand like all those all those little childhood things that you know still i mean it's just it's just whatever you know what i'm saying is like to have the the dinosaur at the foot of his bed and he, and he's like, he keeps him down there. It's like, you know, I mean, I'm sure people just kind of like, oh, great. The kid has nightmares. Like that's deep stuff right there. He's hitting on a lot of that stuff that, you know, it's not just, uh, keeping the evil down. What well, what was down? mean, down, you know, down at the foot of the bed, keep it down there away from him. And that's, it's, it's just great stuff, but it's, uh, it's, it's funny though that, I mean, I don't, I mean, it seems, it's, again, looking back, things you know, things are much clearer. How people just missed this when it first came out? How are people just missing this stuff? You know, it's like it seems blatantly obvious, but they're just missing it. They're like, I did you
1: it. guys pick up the blatant commercial message in this movie? Barks. No, in case if. In order to <gasps> keep Freddy from manifesting as a real Freddy, you have to keep making Freddy movies. Oh, <laughs> right. making...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he did, yeah. The... I mean, Craven says that he, I, I, had, to, it... I had to write another movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah. otherwise, it's it, it it sort of he sort of built in a for, forever Freddy clause into the <laughs> the, the meta-ness of it.
0: That's Freddy Claus with an E, not Freddy Claus with oh, no E, which is a different thing altogether.
2: Which is different than the Santa Claus.
0: I would that—that's what I was saying. You know, Claus with the E, and not with the. E. <laughs> yeah, the clause with the E. You're a businessman, like the last line of a contract, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: this—this <laughs> this might be Wes Craven's most manic, amped-up movie of all his movies. I almost think
2: it's. Uh, uh, it, uh, we're it, do, it, we're doing also...
1: Chainsaw 2 too. too also, though, <laughs> I was gonna say it. It it, it does have a that lot. That has of... some quiet moments in it, though. That has well, some tender moments with Leatherface in it. Last house though. on the
2: left is kind of manic, just because it bounces from screwball Wait, comedy but to Chainsaw absolute 2, absolute 2 isn't Wes Craven. Wait a minute, Chainsaw, oh, Chainsaw 2 right. is not Wes Craven. Oh, you Never East. mind. That's I'm gonna Hooper. Hooper. Toby yeah, Hooper. Hooper. Yeah, never I don't know about. where you're going with that. They're both dead. What are you
0: talking
3: about? They're all dead. Yeah.
0: But uh, well, and that and Jay, you know, you touched on all this stuff with, with Rex and and uh, the, the comfort objects and protectors and stuff like that, and that's the part of this uh, for me. And I and I'm you know I, I've we've touched on this before, is that now you know when I first saw this movie, you know I was I was a young adult, you know, and now I'm watching this movie and I've got you know down the hall from me I got four little kids sleeping, you know. And they've all got their various stuffies that sleep with them that help that are their comfort objects and all that when they're in bed. So that's the part of this that's really hard for me to watch is, you know, her son being in such danger and such jeopardy. And him well, then, being met then at,
1: the seizures are the scariest the part. I and think, again, I understand that, that's, the, that's the point.
0: Yeah. I mean, that 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 alone is to me is very tough to watch. And it kind of puts me on edge because, you know, And and anybody who has kids is is like this, you know, that that their protection runs so much of your life and worrying about them so much. And now to have this, you know, thing that you can do nothing about, it's such a real life fear. Right. Well, again, and 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 having having
1: nightmares wasn't enough to keep dad from going to work and to to come back. But like having a seizure, dad's like, got to go, you know, in the car and driving, driving home when he shouldn't, you know. So, like I said, that that that's as just added to the you know, said so the, the,
0: the really just kind of horrific nature of this film is having the you know, the little guy be in, in jeopardy so much, especially at the end. It, I mean and having seen it as many times as I have, I, I know it, but you know' it's, it's one of those things that works on you psychologically and works on you on an emotional level, and it, it, I mean, yes, it's exploitative as it should be. It's a horror movie. Oh, yeah, right? but that doesn't mean it's not effective. You know, a lot of times a, a movie will put a kid in, in jeopardy and it's like, OK, well, that's transparent. It's obvious that you're doing this and you're going to you know, do this just to get a rise out of the audience here. It's done in such a thoughtful way that it makes it all that much worse.
1: Well, then I know? think I, also I like that. And it's funny that I think people some people might take it as wimping out or whatever, but it ends You know, um, and when I say ends, I say ends with like when Freddy gets defeated, like a normal one of the sequels. You know, one of the non-West Craven movies. It goes into like, hey, look, Freddy has a really long tongue. You know, and (laughs) into some, you know, into some goofy, you know, kind of goofy, goofy special effects stuff that's fun, but it's like the cheesy ending to a Freddy Krueger movie, which is. You know, perfection in itself. It's like, right. okay, this has to cheese out at the end because that's and it's Freddy also wants, kind of yeah. merciful. It's almost because when I was talking about uh, Wes Craven's asshole screenplay, <laughs> if I were Heather Langenkamp and I figured out he was writing this screenplay, I wouldn't be like, she sort of goes and like checks with him and and you know, figures out you know, oh yes, he's you know, something's definitely happening. He's experiencing the nightmares too. So, Wes Craven knows what's going on, she knows what's going on, why doesn't she just say to him, like, why don't you just, like, write a stupid screenplay where, in about five pages from now, you know, Freddy decides that he's gonna run a Burger King in Secaucus and leave everybody (laughs) alone and forget who he (laughs) is, you know? And then it turns into a sitcom. How about that? You write that, Wes. You know, instead of writing all this stuff where I keep getting thrown against the wall and my heart slashed <laughs> and all well, that shit, Wes. Why don't Why don't we uh, Why don't we do that? You know.
3: Well, the thing is, too. Uh, well, I mean, the that the thing you're talking about when she goes and sees Craven, and then on the, like, and then they show the word processor sitting there, which yeah. is so 1994. Um, and it's like the conversation I just had. It's such an effective little scene, but it's like you know, mere like like a second of you know film. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's all of like 24 frames basically of just what's there, and you can quickly read exactly what they just said. And it's like, I think though too, when what, what?
1: Well, then you also realize that Wes Craven is standing there just like basically he's he's Ron Burgunding it at that point <laughs> yeah. when he's talking to her.
3: Yeah. Well, and the other thing I mean too is that he. It, it, it's I think what they're trying to show is that Craven, even though he's the one writing the script, does not have control over what's happening. That Freddy is now the the entity that is the the evil that is Freddy that is you know infecting their dreams is has control. Um, it's kind of showing the like not to say the hopelessness of the situation, but like, well he's you know if she I mean I think that would have been a very effective part of her saying well why don't you just do this I can't. It, it doesn't work that way. Like, it, like that would be, you know.
1: Yeah. They, I have to. I, I have to but, write what I have, what I dream. Yeah. Right, which would exactly. make it really it creepy work. because then it's like, you know, Wes Craven can't control what the end of it is, you know.
3: Exactly. And and also, I don't know if you guys noticed when they go into the dream, when the dream world, um, when Freddie slams her against the wall above her head, it says lust. Oh. I like know. all on the wall is all the different things, which is true. It yeah. yeah. Freddie, I mean, what, what, what Heather Langkamp had said is she goes the, I mean, some of that means mean, see, it was a very intense, like the, that shoot and stuff was intense because like, they're very physically involved with each other. There's a lot of actual, like, um, even though, you know, it's cause it's, it's Robert Englund and it's her, like, they, you know, you can't stunt double some of the stuff and they, that's where they actually hit each other. They actually like, you know, not, it's not like when what's your face popped him in the got popped in the face and split her skull open yeah. uh, in uh, in in the, the other one. But they said that was part of the problem. All that together and the idea that Freddie, he wants Heather because he, she's the only one who's ever beaten him, you know, kind of thing. And that, and that uh, you know, and the idea that she stopped him in the first one. And I, even though this, you know, the, the other sequel still exists and the idea that she's the first one to ever stop him, no one could ever stop him and that he's always – like he, it's, he's lusted after her. And they tried to put some of that stuff in. Is even the way he, you know, interacts with her, or the the the, the, the sexual overtones and what he says to her and stuff like that. Um, which she said, I mean, probably, when she was a teenager or you know a young adult making, you know, part one, it's one thing. Now she's a mom, and now she has different, you know, whatever. It's it's just a very different kind of world, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that, and that's yeah. really the strength of it because you know yeah. not only has Heather Langenkamp, you know, her life changed in 10 years. So is the audience. The audience that remembered going to see the early ones, they're not in the same places in their life anymore at this point, you know. Yeah. So it, it's it's you know the, the the progression of time is very important here. Not a, you know it, it, one of the things about you know, it. either the Nightmare films or the, the Friday the 13th films are probably the worst aspect of this, is that the progression of time doesn't matter anything except fashion, you know? Yes. It, yeah. Years past, no one learns their damn lessons. You know, no, nobody thinks that, you know, maybe we should just bulldoze this whole camp to the ground, you know? No. Nobody does any of that. <laughs> you know, they've killed like 200 people here. I think we're going to open it up again. I think it's a good Maybe idea. we
1: should sell it to the plant. Yeah. After all these years, yep.
0: you know that offer is still on the table, sir. You know, apparently <laughs> Smithers there, but the, yeah. But but here the passage of time is important. The idea that it's been all these years that Freddy has been dormant and dead and all this may, means something. It, it's just such a, a much more thoughtful script than we've gotten. And as much as even you know the ones that we've enjoyed of the sequels, this just kind of operates on a different level. This is so much yeah. in the same kind of caliber of a high concept as the original that it, you know, again, it, it, it is new nightmare. It is Freddy Krueger, but it's, it's really not at the same at the same time because it really is its own entity.
1: I you might know, like if, it better than the original just because it actually pulls it off. Mm-hmm. It's such a trick. I'd never, you know, I thought this was going to be a neat failed experiment. And I was like, I was seriously tense through the whole thing. And, and worried about poor heather it, it actually was making freddy it actually was making a scene you know where freddy's claws come towards her on a bed scary again yeah you know threatening again once you know and not just every time he shows up it's it's like oh this is gonna be you know this is gonna be a great gag you know mm-hmm. so you were you're were kind of dreading the gag because <laughs> it was actually it's characters you care about although the these, the Freddy movies are better than the Jason movies about creating characters that that you don't want to see die for the I, most yeah, but,
0: part. But to be fair, to be fair, Friday the 13th is much better about creating characters that you do want to see die.
4: Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, please drive something yes. through her skull. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's
3: right. But well, that's the whole point of the, the 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 Nightmare on Elm Street movies are about. I mean, they're not body count movies. So, you know, you have a few, you know, a handful of teenagers die, um, and even even if the what he do called don't react, even if the parents don't react the way you think they should, because you're like, hey, three kids are dead. Why are you acting so calm, right? Uh, in in the Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, in the, in the Friday the Thirteenth movies, like 50, 60 people are dead. They're like, well,
2: eh, the that teenagers. cabin's
3: still good. Yeah. We can just
2: we can just make yeah. more of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: like I, I know I know everybody we know has been wiped out, but you know, I'd hate to waste this private cabin we have here.
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
3: so, I'm just saying it's, it's it's just it's I mean they're very different kind of the way the movies are even uh, laid out are very different. And I think one that's one of the reasons why I mean everyone kinda links the two of them together. Jason and Freddie are iconic. Uh, Like Luke's lead-in line, like everyone knows who Freddy Krueger is. He's like Santa Claus or King Kong, and it it is like Freddy Krueger is that iconic. uh, He he has become that 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 iconic um, villain, just like Jason Voorhees. I mean, but people don't even understand that Jason Voorhees. Forget the fact that like think think of the hockey mask, right? Is is him? Krueger, it's like the glove and the sweater, and it's all those things that go along with it. Um, you know it's just become different and what happened was because nightmare came out later remember i mean what nightmare was 84, 84 right yeah so i mean by 84 you already had two or three yeah uh, three you had three, three? Them, uh, friday 13th yeah friday 13th already i mean you had gone from jason's mother to sackhead jason to finally have the mask Right. I mean, that's an evolution right there of a character, you know, from from Betsy Palmer, you know, getting her head popped off at the end to sackhead Jason to the eventually Jason with the hockey mask on. And
0: that sounds like an ECW chant
3: sackhead Jason. (laughs) (laughs) so the thing is you know kruger did not change i mean he he has but he didn't change and to change him so drastically here see if kruger had changed movie to movie to movie and again his makeup did alter and stuff like that but ultimately freddy Krueger always had the glove he always had the hat he always had the sweater if kruger had started out with the glove and, and but had no hat and then you add the hat in the mix. And then the sweater changed. And, the, like, if you had evolved him, you know, director, 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 changing who he, like, kind of what it was, I think this wouldn't have had as just a big effect when he shows up looking. Like, with the, I mean, his face is completely different in this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's completely looked like skinned. Like, he looks skinned. That's what it really what it comes yeah. down to. It looks like they took his flesh off his face. Not that he's a burn victim. I mean, I know he's his face has changed and the makeup's changed. I mean, to have the duster on, and that's what she says. He goes, "She's it's an eviler, badder version of Freddy. Well, this doesn't look like a much bad more badass version of Freddy, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, he's, so. not,
1: he's not actually even anybody who's existed in reality. So he gets to just be the image, you know, the impression of Freddy, which is, you know, scarred up face. So it does, you know, there never really was a bird. Freddy never really was burned. Was it, was right. Was well, it Freddy? Right. But you know I'm saying, that's, but
3: in, in in the in the universe of the actual movies, Fred Krueger, uh, the the person who is in the right, I understand you but Fred right. Krueger as it, it was a was a person who was burnt, right? That's right. that's that's what you're supposed to seeing. So, but since he's able to now in live in the real world, well, I could change things. I mean, you know, I mean, I think I think they did a good job of not taking it. Too cartoony because we saw what happens when they go too cartoony, like in Freddy's Dead. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just too much. Yeah. Even though the fight at the end with the long tongue and the different thing okay, but we've seen what happens when it gets too much. Too too out there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So
2: Yeah, but I mean at least that's that's at, end, it, that's at ahead, least you know. set up by by the son's favorite story being Hansel and Gretel, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah and the and and the just the sheer amount of references to the other to the rest of the series you know that my my favorite of which is always screw
3: your past yes you know? yeah <laughs> well the other one the one that i think people miss when she goes into the morgue you hear the mother crying it's 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 johnny depp's mom from part yeah. 1 and she's like it's glenn it's glenn and you just scream like Oh, my God, is no one else hearing this? Like, yeah. and I, when I first saw the movie, um, you know, I mean, well, it's probably not the best way to see this movie on a bus uh, with the entire track team talking their way through it uh, because, demanding you know, like, this is
0: scary, Friday. you know. Yeah, it's a demanding yes. to watch Friday
3: instead. <laughs> or the meat, or let's watch the meat. Let's watch the meat. Let's watch the meat. Watch the meat. We just yeah. live the That's meat. That's one of my watch...
1: favorite Porto movies. The meat.
3: So, trust me this is so far from that but i'm saying well, it's
1: like that was oj simpson's brother actually who says it.
3: hey who can't be topical
2: you know <laughs> I'm um, as topical is but... as... that's <laughs> right ladies and gentlemen he's out and free to kill again the juice <laughs> yeah. is loose i'm topical like
0: <laughs> jockage <itch> powder <laughs> But so, well, I mean, the, but between that and then we get a gag room, you know, with the room mm-hmm. doing all the crazy shit. We've seen so much of those. Uh, we talked about the stretchy arms, the gooey steps. Yeah, I yes. mean that—that's yeah. a—that's a direct one. You know, of course, well, all the stuff with, with 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 that we talked about with uh, with Heather Ligon and John Saxon turning back into their characters. The ones I like at the funeral. Yeah. For uh, for Chase. We get Nick Cory, yep, who played yes. Rod, and we get Tuesday Night, who of course played Kristen in, uh, in Dreammaster, and yeah. the story goes that you know Craven really wanted Johnny Depp to make an appearance, but Craven's yeah. like, well, if I yeah, he's he's gonna turn me down if I ask him, so he never asked him, and so apparently they kind of ran into each other, and Depp said he would have been glad to do the film, so he oh Depp would have done
1: that in a heartbeat. Are you yeah. kidding me? Well, the thing is funny is they
0: got Depp to come back to do the bit in Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Which, this is a much better film than that. You'd think yeah. as soon as they showed him the script that Depp would be all over this, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, didn't my, happen. My but...
1: favorite thing at the funeral was the creepy little guy cranking the crank down into. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something manically moving in the corners of, off to the side of people's heads or what, what, almost every second of this movie, either it's the kids. Lamp spinning or or leaves like wiggling, you know, the the shadow of leaves wiggling behind someone's head. There's always something just sort of going, like, yeah, right. through this whole movie. And then, you know, during the funeral, you look down and the guy's like cranking it, and he kind of has this like <laughs> look on him.
0: It <laughs> looks like he's from a different movie.
3: I mean, it's like
1: yeah, 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 some yeah. other other horror
3: movie they're shooting in the background. They shot it next door. Oh, you know, leave him in. Leave him in. He's good. Yeah, he's good. It was like what's his like what's her
0: name's mom from Five. It's like, wow, you're from a different movie, lady. How did you? Yeah. Did you yeah. <laughs>
1: he's just some passerby, and he's like, I'm in a movie. Yeah. It's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah man. no it's it's he said yeah the, the references and stuff like that work they work really well and again it it's it's one a lot of it's where again if you if you don't know it like let, let's 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 speak in hypotheticals we would say we we're in the really real world let's go outside of the real world let's say if my wife watched this movie with me which would never happen okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because because my 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 mother-in-law god rest her soul loved Loved oh, yeah. Freddy Krueger with with a with a with an a, almost unhealthy passion. She <laughs> loved all sorts of eighties and nineties horror movies, and she loved Freddy Krueger. So when my wife and her sister were little girls, my mother-in-law showed them uh, Dream Warriors, and it scared the bejesus out of both of them. Nice. And so my wife refuses to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I think she watched Freddy vs. Jason with me, but that's about as far as she'll go. Um, but so let's say that you're a noob to the series and you don't know these references. These references don't beat you over the head. If you don't know that they're a reference, you're just going to, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But for those of us that have put in the time and effort with this series, we get those, the rewards on that. It's not, it, it's it's fan service done in a good way. It's and, not uh, yeah, fan service well, done they're, in a showy they, way.
1: They make sense, even when they are kind of a little showy, it makes sense for them to be showy. Right. And, it yeah, it works just perfectly, you know, it it. it it's. It doesn't. They. They really like in the first five minutes of this. Before I knew it was a dream, I was like, "All right, this is a little too movie-like and less documentary-like, to, for me to buy that this is reality. This is too much of like here's a scene of people on the movie set and you know right. and the way they were filming it with the tracking camera and stuff. But then it's a dream, and then it doesn't. They don't go. I always thought that this movie had, like, interviews in it with Wes Craven and stuff and was kind of like that, but they didn't they, – they went – but they just went to more of, like, serious filmmaking, so it didn't feel as dramatic And until about five minutes later when it just keeps getting crazy dramatic, but it's the hands of the – you know, I was watching it, and I'm just like, oh, my God, the 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 set design on this and – the thought put into it is, you know, it's not Hitchcock level, but it's, 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 you know, it's a way above and beyond the average horror movie level. It's, it's like, okay, that's why Wes, Wes Craven is doing this, yeah. it, and it, it hit that perfect balance of like, it's, it's it sucked me in, it, you know. Too the other thing is it doesn't go up its own ass, right?
2: Which is mm-hmm, if yeah. you're gonna play the the meta game. It, that's the the flaw. That's the the pitfall. That when you start playing in that realm, it's hard to crawl out of. And and you know I I've I've been up my own ass. It's it's hard to crawl out
0: of. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> well, to me, you know, you you say go up your own ass with meta. Then you get the end of wanted. You know, you get the narrator talking to you. You know, it's like this yeah. is my face while well, I'm fucking you in the ass. And it's yeah, like
2: that. I I and that comic is great until you get to that last page.
0: Right. Because it's like, why the hell did I bother spending money on this? If this is what you, th- this, this is what you, Mark Miller, think of me for spending money on this? I, I guess yeah. I won't spend any more money on your crap then, you know. So, yeah. but that, again, that that's a rant for for a different time. Here, you're right. It, it goes meta without it turning right at you. It's meta in in its own in in its own way, you know. And it, it addresses the real aspect, the real side of meta, not what meta has kind of become which is this, oh, it's going to blow your mind, man. You might want to put on a helmet, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, and, it uh,
1: didn't, and it didn't end with, I thought there was a chance, and I'm glad it didn't happen, that it would have ended with the happy ending, but then you see a a breeze blow the script open and another page opens up. And yeah. it's just like, you know, and and then, you know, she wraps him up in a blanket with, you know, Freddy Krueger stripes in it, which grows our puts him in his Freddy Krueger pajamas or, or so, so, something like that. And I'm glad I I'm really glad it didn't you know do everybody getting in the Freddy cab at the end or whatever. No,
2: right. yeah. no. At the end of the at the end of the movie, the the genie is back in the bottle where it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I, I do and I do love the ending with the script
0: and it's signed by Craven. Thanks for playing Nancy one more time and. Yeah you know the all of that is just so nice and then them reading is it's just a story right yeah it's just a story you
1: well know, then that, she that starts so reading good. him the story that we know is going to be incre- incredibly bloody yeah. and yeah. even have his own father dying in it right right was watching
2: watching this with her she's like why the fuck is she reading it to him well maybe she's only going to read a
1: little bit you know? <laughs> well that's how that, that that's how you conquer conquer it i guess you know and it and it was like he's lived through it so i guess he can Take it now and turn it into, you know, Hansel and Gretel, where he owns it. You know, they have ownership over the story. Oh. If you're going to be psych- psycho psychological,
0: a schizophreniac <laughs> I keep the Daffy Duck thing going
4: here.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 they didn't have really adults in this one to be skeptical, but they just had lots of medical professionals to be dicks. Oh my in this god, one. that
0: doctor is a goddamn bitch.
1: What yes. the hell? <laughs> Cheese and rice, lady. <laughs> oh, you showed hey, you him in the movie. Yeah. Our business is done here. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get
2: up for the babysitter though. It's like I know what's in that needle. Do you know what's in this one? <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. well,
3: yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I, I was watching this again yesterday morning, um, and Haley came downstairs and, I, and she got up because I, I was, well, God forbid I ever get any sleep in this house. Um, so I'm up early in the morning. And Haley comes downstairs and she's watching this, and she's already seen. This movie, because she watched it with me one of the other times. I was, because I, I watched it probably a couple of times when I was working on a model and stuff. And she's watching it, and she's kind of like, she goes into the room, gets her little candy bar, and she's eating her candy bar, watching it. And the the scene where they come in, the and, and the babysitter's still in the air, right? And the other people see this, and she goes, "Dad, why don't they just believe it? They're looking right at it." And I was like, "Man, because they don't believe it. Like, they're like, this can't be like." It's, you just saw a woman in the air getting sliced apart, right? And then comes to the ground, but you can't believe that a child who has been sedated might be, you know, sleepwalking, like yeah. things like that. Just like those little, like, what, what? Yeah. And then Haley, Haley's the best. Haley goes, dad, is she really on the highway there? I'm like, well, oh, no, that's a, that's a, uh, uh, you know, a, a screen behind her watch. She's going to duck and go over the top. She goes, like, oh, but that's real. And it's a scene where the, the double gets hit by the car. And I go, yes, that's a stunt woman getting hit by the car. Why did they hit the actual actress? <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. You know, like, I was like, well, honey, think about it. If she has to film the whole movie, you know, it's kind of hard. She goes, yeah, but they hit her pretty hard, Dad. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, just yeah. those matter-of-fact things saying things. Yeah. Wes Craven's asshole script strikes again. Yeah. Yeah. Even, there's no reason in the story for the story that she had to get hit by that car. Yeah. So, it was just Wes. Yeah, but... Wes. Come on, Wes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but it's just Come funny on. that like the, those 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 questions that you get, you know, and she's already seen it. She knows it's gonna happen. She's like, okay, like it's just so matter of factly. She's sitting there eating a Milky Way, trying to say, ah, why don't they believe when they're looking at it? I'm like, I don't know, honey. Like, it's hard. But you know, the thing is too, when you think about that scene, right? Because she has to go home to get, uh, she wants to get Rex, like, and she keeps forgetting to bring Rex. That's so much like a dream. I don't know if you guys have this, but you know a dream. You're trying to run somewhere. You can't get Mm -hmm. somewhere. You're trying to do something. You're like, I just have to do this. I'm like, why the fuck am I not doing this? You know, it's like it's so like dreamlike that she keeps forgetting the one thing that she's supposed to go home and get is Rex. The only thing she needs to get is Rex to keep him safe. And she can't freaking bring Rex, you know, (laughs) And it's only like right across the street. You can go right across the highway, and that's where our house is. It's like, you know, God. You across know? the
2: California freeway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Across eight lanes of A death. throughway.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a
0: throughway?
2: What the hell is a throughway? And it goes through things. <laughs> Who's going to yeah. drive that
0: yeah. when they take the red car for a nickel? ha
3: yeah. <laughs> ah. Who framed Roger Rabbit? That's right. <laughs>
0: Another film, another meta film right there about you what know, is reality and what is a movie. Right there you go. <laughs> There's a triple
2: feature for you. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Wes Craven's new nightmare and last action hero. Ooh, wow! It's another explosion for your movie, kid. <laughs> <laughs> the best, you it's know, a tar day to some
1: about people. killing drug dealers. <laughs> Could we speak to the drug dealer at the house, please? <laughs> No, there's gotta be that. What's that Woody Allen movie where the the guy walks out of the screen? Have you ever seen it with the? Is you know the um Dan Keaton's watching the movie every day and he just like. Oh yeah, yeah. I know that one. With that the, that uh, would be that would be a good one. We could get a quadruple feature.
2: It's not we would start problem. out.
1: We would start no, out with the Woody problem. Allen, which is <laughs> light and fanciful, and work up to the new nightmare.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not up on my Woody Allen. And I,
1: I know the one you're talking
0: about. I was thinking about that uh, the other day and I, I couldn't and I couldn't remember the name of it because I was because somebody on a board I'm on they watched this this is getting real far afield. They watched the bicycle thief, the Italian film mm-hmm. and I said you should watch the icicle thief I said, which is kind of sort of a parody of the bicycle thief, but it's also a commentary on art and commercialism because in the the ice the, the icicle thief, is the one where they're showing the old Fellini-type film on TV and they keep cutting to commercials... And the commercials in the film start running together, and like the color characters from the commercials start entering into the black and white world of the movie. It, it's it's a comedy, sort of. It's Italian, you know. So <laughs>
4: that explains
0: <laughs> we're used, everything. We're used to we're used to Italian stuff on this show, so we know yeah yeah.
1: She's, we're, we're very she's familiar Nosferatu. with the. With the... <laughs> she's
0: she's a vampire. She is Nosferatu. She's an she's Italian. Italian.
1: We're, we're, we're all we're all familiar with. Monzo's sense of yeah, humor. Yeah,
0: well, but uh, but anyway, I can't. Yeah, I can't. That, but again, that that's really really far feel But same idea, though. It's the idea of. Uh, in that case, it's it's art and it's two different types of fiction merging together. And you know, the other thing. Uh, talk, well, we've talked about a bit about how this kind of primed the pump in a lot of ways for Scream to come out two years later. There's a great bit in here that is lifted almost entirely for Scream, and I never quite put two and two together until watching this. And that, to me, is the use of the soundtrack of the other film in a diegetic way. We get it here with um, when Nancy goes back to the house and, you know, she turns into Nancy and and John Saxon turns into uh, her dad and all that. And we've got the soundtrack for a Nightmare on Elm Street, playing as diegetic sound, but it's being used as the soundtrack. And then we get the same thing in Scream when they're in the house and Halloween is playing on television. And we've got Carpenter's score, which is diegetic; the characters can hear it, but it's also the score for the film at that point.
1: And just like Halloween Three: Season of the Witch.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Using a die- it. Use the soundtrack in a diegetic way.
1: I thought you were going with the Scream, with the early proto Screams scene being um the phone ringing as as, you know a threatening thing yes as you know the the phone ringing and you know someone's gonna be on the other end just like yeah hi i'm watching you you know so the and and the way you know he just keeps having the phone ring and ring and ring you know is i thought that was very i thought that was something that like ended up i think he like was like mm, I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna use that some other time too, because I, I can do something something else with that, but similar, you know.
0: Oh yeah, said there, there's a lot of the connective tissue here, so
1: it's good stuff. Bull tendons. <laughs> tendons no, it's Doberman. Dober- Doberman. Doberman tendons. nerves. Nerves. Yeah. Doberman
3: yeah, nerves.
1: nerves. Whatever. My my other favorite little soundtrack that well sound on you know sound effects thing was when they're in the park. And uh, every time either she or John Saxon mentions something about the kid, another little kid will ride by on a bike. And he's <laughs> got, it's not quite the Freddy colors, but he's got a striped sweater. And he rides by and he'll be like, you know, I'm really worried about your son. Jing, jing. The bike would go. And I'm like, oh, there's a little Freddy kid. And he rang right at the mention of his son. And then they do it again. And jing, jing. He goes by and he's a little closer. And then the next shot, he goes in front of them. And you know she's like, oh, it might run in the family, jing jing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is Wes Craven is just like not shying away from any kind of you know gag he can put in there or you know little touch. But there's so many of them just like banging up against each other. It's 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 just amazing. I can't wait for a second viewing of it to like you know start picking up more of the stuff that i wasn't catching around the edges on it and i remember that's the same thing i thought when i'd watched the first nightmare after probably 15 or 20 years you know i i really underestimated how much effort and uh thought had been put into it and and how well it was shot and put together the same with scream too actually come to think of it Mm -hmm. yeah he's one of those filmmakers where you don't like he's He's not like Brian De Palma or Spielberg or something where you can instantly see his style, but when it's happen when it's happening it's it's happening, really man, good. yeah, yeah. This one, this
2: this one does not get enough love.
1: Yeah, but by the way, just to
0: close the loop, the Purple Rose of Cairo was the other
2: Purple movie. Purple Rose of Cairo, yes,
0: and that is um, that's uh, Mia Farrow and Jeff Daniels, not. Uh, not Diane Keaton. That was a little bit uh, after okay. the Diane Keaton phase, but yes. So, or I guess before the Diane Keaton phase, I, I get Woody Allen kind of mixed up, but yes. Purple Rose of Cairo and Last Action Hero and uh, um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. There you go. We're all we're And in, who we're framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? We're good to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all out there, man. There's some meta homework for you guys. Yeah, man. <laughs> Going to check the Amazon link right now.
2: Yeah, you can buy all the movies we've talked about through the Amazon link.
0: Just go to two true dot com and click on that Amazon link. Now. now, Jay, you're normally the one who has all of our info on <laughs> the capitalism <laughs> side of this. So, where can we? How can we get New Nightmare if we want to watch it?
3: Okay. Well, originally, I mean, um, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, way way back in the day, you know, the VHSs and stuff like that were all you know available in the box set, and then they came out in the DVD box set, which now Um, you can purchase, uh, you know, those are, those are relatively available, easy to be found. Um, the, the crap, the Blu-ray box set, that's what I'm trying to say. The Blu-ray box set originally was exclusive to Best Buy and Best Buy still carries them. But now what happens is, uh, most of those, you can find that at Walmart and stuff like that too. Um, the, uh, the, and, and most of the time what happens when you, um, looking for the Nightmare on Elm Street, excuse me the nightmare on elm street uh anything like that you can find one two all the you know most of them new nightmares the one that tends to be uh harder to get your hands on so the blu-ray set is 25.95 or so about 20 26 bucks on amazon right now and that has all of them uh so um, just and yeah i mean dude for 25 bucks like with prime shipping I mean so it's okay, so we I mean, if you buy it from Amazon and you don't actually buy it from Amazon itself but one of their like fulfilled by Amazons, you don't pay the tax on it. Like so at twenty five dollars for seven films, that's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Um but but buy if you just want this movie, which I don't know why you don't want just one of them, like all of them together, uh, to get the new nightmare, just the new nightmare by itself, I don't know if it's available by itself. I
2: don't think you can Not same, by itself.
3: If, if, I don't think you can think. any
0: I do not I don't I don't think you can anymore. It used to be available. I, think you're right. because I have this film on a single D V D because what I did was at one point and I think these are still available. Like at Walmart you can get the double feature discs of the nightmare okay. film. So one and two, yeah, you, three you. and four. Five and six, Here, and then New, um, New Nightmare this is and versus Freddy. and Freddy versus yeah. Jason. But since I already yeah. owned Freddy versus Jason, I had to go find a single disc mm-hmm. of New Nightmare, which I eventually found used. So yeah, it, okay. it is so, out there, but you, I don't think I think it's out of print at this point.
3: Yeah, I, I think what you have, I don't know what color your your cover is and stuff. Um, that was probably when the, from the ones from the set when they were doing the yeah. DVD sets, um, because it's the only other way it appears, it's red. Yeah, so it's the original red. set. Um, the original set was all red, and then the black disc, the black The, uh, was, the case. black
2: was the original set. The red was on the second right. set. Right, what I'm saying, but the
3: black, the the Because the, and then you had the black, disc set had the extra disc that was only available there, you know, that goes for a small fortune. Um, but the to, like Luke was saying, they have them available in sets of two, and it's in the set that comes with, um, it's it's it says Nightmare on Elm Street seven and eight, which is New Nightmare and, and Freddy versus Jason, because they had to call them something. Um, but that's the only other way I would even see it available. Like I'm looking here, I'm just trying to see if there's a way I could find it. If I just wanted to find new nightmare, I don't think there's a, like a single disc, you know, unless you're buying something new. I mean, used, excuse me, you know, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah. We'll probably even, even the leg
2: s- for a single yeah. disc of it.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm saying is like right now, like, cause I know like, um, nightmare one through four is in a set and they had the other ones are in the set too. And the other ones obviously is just unfortunately, I mean, if you're going to put four movies together, dream child and Freddy's dead are in this set, but that's also comes with the, uh, the uh, new nightmare and Jason vs Freddy. that, that was, that's the, the, the set that comes together. And again, those are right there. Like that set right there on Amazon um, runs about $12. It just seems crazy. If you're going to spend $12 on those four movies, and you you can afford it like i would spend the 25 dollars and get all of them <laughs> that's what i'm saying so um but yeah you know the one thing about, i can say about the blu-ray set because I, I had this blu-ray set very very early on uh because i bought it at best buy when they first came out when it was exclusive there um the movies look great you know obviously you know they were all cleaned up and stuff there's nothing gonna make them ever look like and that's i think one of the complaints i hear from people are like oh that movie looks old even though it's in blu-ray i'm like just because they've digitally cleaned something up, does not mean you can change the fact it was shot on film. Yeah. Does not mean you can change the fact that like, there's always going to look like the same movie. It's just that how clean. I guess that's not going to be your your blacks are richer, your you know your shadows are dark. You know everything has more depth of field, but you can never change the fact the film stock it was shot on. Like you know, say like
1: yeah, the, not, the only you it originally was. You
3: know. Yeah. yeah. Right.
4: Yeah.
0: The, yeah. the only so, the only one that comes close to that is um, is um, oh I'm blank. The Hills Have Eyes because oh my God. for because now now on a digital copy you can actually see what the hell is happening and it's a revelation. Well, do you
3: remember? <laughs> Luke, do you remember when we, okay, do you remember when we got hills? When I got Hills Have Eyes the first time like it first came out like the it was one of the, it was like the DVD and it was like the restoration whatever copy and yeah. I go. Holy crap, there's people in this scene? Like, yeah, the, yeah. for years, I didn't know what was happening in the scene because we just had those washed-out, crappy-looking whatever. And you're like, there's people here. Like, this makes – this is, makes perfect sense. And now when you watch the, the, the Blu-ray, the, the high-def Blu-ray, you can even tell more than just not there's people in the scene – you yeah. can see what they're wearing yeah. and what they're actually doing, you it's, know it's, kind
0: of it's, thing. It's a, it's a revelation. It's like a sleepaway camp with the the lumpy sleeping bags. It's like I don't know what the problem is here. And then you Here's get the it. DVD. It's like, "Oh wow, she killed all those kids." Oh, okay, that's cool. You
2: mean he <laughs> killed all those
0: kids. He she. No, no, now you got to say she, remember.
2: I'll say whatever yeah. I damn well please.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that one of the one of the offshoots of that whole thing is that we are now no longer allowed to be shocked at the ending of either Sleepaway Camp or The Crying Game. Ah. Uh, That's the law. That's the law now, or at least if not the law, then a lot of people will bitch and moan
3: at you otherwise. So surprise Anyway, So (laughs) so I just want to throw this out there real quick. One of the things that came up on Amazon when I was looking for, you know, the um, the, Nika put out action figures of all the different Freddies and stuff like that. But the, the one from this one, I mean, it goes for like 27 bucks. It's not cheap. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it's such a great action figure uh, because you can, you, you can, he's, he's wearing the duster, the claws are coming out of his hands, like it's just such a cool thing. But it's 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 uh, it's one of those that I think a lot of people, you know, kind of like. I mean, they they made several different Freddy's, and one of the Freddies that I always loved was the one where the hat comes off and it has his hand up near his face, not just with the claw out like the original one, but it had like where they look more like real razor blades and stuff from a different film. And it's just if you're into this movie, if you like this kind of stuff and you want something on your shelf, like, I mean, I know people are like, oh, I don't want anything ever, like, uh, people don't, I don't don't get people, I don't get people who don't like physical media, I don't get people who don't like collectibles, I don't get people who don't, like, hey, I love that, okay, do you want something to remind you of it, no, you know, like, the same people who, like, why did you get Carrie tattooed on your leg, I'm like, because I love Carrie, that's, like, my favorite, but, like, but but why would you want it there? I'm like, well, I can always see it now. I remember it. This is a cover of Sin and Fantastique and they're like, but it's on your body. And I'm like, uh, oh, you don't understand, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, it they all want their pumpkin spice lattes and stuff, because hey, hey, we live for. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
0: I, I will not tolerate any bashing of pumpkin spice lattes. I don't care if you are my brother. <laughs> You, uh, you know that, what i'm saying keep the... that shit buttoned up my friend
3: you know what i'm saying the people are just like oh nothing i don't i don't have material possessions but they're like they're they're, they're dug into their – yeah, I don't have, don't have material phone. possessions
0: except my $1,000 iPhone, my $500 <laughs> Birkenstocks, and, my, and my, my my Jimmy Choos, and my uh, and my Vera Wang bag that I've got here. Other than that, I don't have anything <laughs> but, but, but that's
4: possession.
3: a weird guy because I have DVD – I have Blu-rays, and I get excited when a new Blu-ray is coming out. I'm like, oh, sweet. That's a sweet Blu-ray set. Let's get that. Like And they're like, oh, how can you? And I'm like, you're wearing $700 shoes. That are so uncomfortable, like I know I know we're going far afield here, but I mean I know people I work with who like seriously wear shoes that cause them to have severe knee and shin problems, and I'm like, are you insane? They go, but they are so awesome. I go, they're not. They're destroying your feet.
2: (laughs) They
0: used to make concubines wear these in feudal Japan.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did we
0: hear a little thing called Clubfoot? I hope you get it, bitch. <laughs> I've been to Clubfoot. They're pretty awesome. I, I saw Melted Butter there one time. They were fantastic. <laughs> ah, I
1: saw the Pragmatics play in there once. Dude, oh, yeah. oh
2: man, I'd love to see the Pragmatics. Shit. Damn. <laughs> man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, I think we've run out of things to say. Now or are getting, we? All I know is from now on, I'm thinking started. of him as Luke Pumpkinetti. Luke Pumpkinetti. Pumpkin <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> pumpkin head. Oh uh, uh,
2: man.
0: Well, although if you want to be technical, you can make a much better pumpkin spice latte yourself at home using some canned pumpkin and some some freshly local sourced cinnamon and ginger.
2: Or you could just buy the pumpkin spice in the small container. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is cuz there's no there's... actual pumpkin in any of your favorite pumpkin flavored things. Nope. But
0: I I in all seriousness, I I did use that. Get some get some uh canned pumpkin and uh some cinnamon, some different size spices and make your own pumpkin spice latte. It's very good. I'm sure it is.
4: I will because nothing says,
3: nightmare Elm Street. Sure nothing says... I'm Nothing that says new nightmare uh, like pumpkin spice. Latte. Well, <laughs> the thing was this. Um, <laughs> it was the 90s, you, Dan, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't the, the fuck pumpkin that's spice
2: when, was in the 90s.
3: But, but that's, when, <laughs> that's when shit started oh. to change. Oh, ew. <laughs> that's Sorry, when death. shit... Are you okay, that's when stuff started to change. The 90s, where when you know things, you know, I mean, this is this is pre scream, so before like it became cool to have your horror movies with a black poster with just faces floating in it. Like, you know, this is this is what started it all. Without New Nightmare, would there have been a scream? I don't know. I mean, but this was important, so yeah, and it's a damn good movie that a lot of people overlook which seems to be a problem because it doesn't star, uh, you know, your flavor of the month. And I don't mean the pumpkin spice, you know, it it doesn't star your, it doesn't have, you know, whoever in it, like Chris Helmsworth or uh, um, whatever, you know, it's got Heather Langenkamp, okay, who can most people at the time, if you didn't know what, you know, what was going on, you didn't know who she was. And that's why this movie didn't make any money, and I think that's a big problem. This movie made jack shit for money because people expected it to be. Hey, they keep pumping out Friday the Thirteenth movies, which are the same thing over and over again. They're not pumping a new one out like that. So, be as it? I again, if you have, yeah, you've been man. watching along with us, I'm saying, well, was... if, 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 if our listeners who've been watching along yeah. with us and you're like you and, you, and you've suffered through the last two. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, as as bad as Dream Child is, it's light years better than freaking Freddy's Dead. Freddy's Dead is just a punch in the balls, you know, kind of thing. So, um, (laughs) you know, uh, but at least this one, you come back and you're like, wow, okay. And if this had been the end, if this had been there had been no remake, no Jason versus Freddy, whatever, you could have been like, all right, there is at least some closure here. That, you know, they at least ended it on a high note. You know, how many times do you see, and it doesn't matter what what it is, movies, uh, you know, uh, professional athletes, whatever. They don't go out on, on, on the top. They go out on the bottom. They're like, oh, okay. Like, so you're making schlock movies when you're like, you know. Well, there were,
1: nine- really, it went out on top and there's nowhere else to go with it. You can't keep remaking <laughs> Wes Craven writing more Freddy movies. Nobody was going to have it but they still continued the pre- the 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 you know the whole idea the premise that freddy is you know brought to life by people people's knowledge of him and fear of right. him so right. and that they brought the in freddy and jason so that but now,
0: did, he's, but now he's trapped once again in the fictional world so it's right. okay that they made yeah. a, a, a sequel right. a, Yeah, yeah a sequel, but they, made a, still, they made it still
1: a, jibes up a little bit yeah. but it's not technically like let's make another freddy movie that's why they. So I imagine they rebooted it because yeah. it's like,
0: well, that's what it, that that's what you do at that point, right? You, yeah. You yeah. you do, yeah. you run the sequels till you can't do it, then you do the team up, and then you do the reboot.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And yeah. and, and, and to be honest, the reboot, Right. <laughs> well, I mean, th- th- then 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 you just go the kiss route and you sell everything you fast as you can and make as much merchandise as possible. So uh, you know. I don't think you know Gene Simmons has never said no to a product idea ever. You know kind of thing. So careful, Scott uh, Reifin will invade this call right now. So
1: no, Scott Reifin <laughs> knows because he's probably had to buy a lot of those products.
0: I was to say he's bought a majority of them. I have to know if Scott has the kiss coffin. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh
0: God. So
1: um, coffin cooler. There,
0: there's so, there's something there's something you know deeply satisfying. That you know, uh, award-winning conservative radio host Scott Rifen is such a huge Kiss fan. I don't know why that satisfies me <laughs> and amuses me so much, but it really does. I have to say that. Oh, not, nothing but love for you, Scott. But yeah. man, that that is that's so that's so boss. I mean that with no irony whatsoever. It's just music, man. I, and I know boss that's what I'm is, saying.
1: Bosses in cool, not as in Bruce Springsteen. Fuck Bruce no, Springsteen. No, because fuck Bruce Springsteen
0: is right. I got mad at Paneris. He he put two versions of a Springsteen song on one episode of In Country. I'm like, "Dude, are you trying to get me to like throw my MP3 player out the window?" See, what I do you can't, have
4: against? Oh boy, everyone's everyone's getting shot it. tonight.
0: What I mean, but no, but Tom and I we we talked. He made it up. That's why that's why there's an
3: Iron Maiden song
0: in another episode. So
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm just busting chops here. <laughs> it's so funny. This show. I, I, I mean, obviously we don't. You know, language is not a problem. We say what was on our mind. We say how we really feel. You know, it's so funny when people are like listening to like Boss bugs, and babes, or like you know Earth Destruction and stuff, and they're like. Those are much more like you family know. Friendly. We're not a
1: family, family
2: show. Yeah. We're covering yeah. R-rated I mean, films. Yeah. Well, those are I the know, shows that people sit down. They too. sit
1: down at the dinner table and they get their whole family together and they listen to them. You know, you did, like like they tune in around the radio for those shows yeah. with their family. Uh, yeah, these are the ones people put on their headphones when they're in the opium <laughs> den with a hooker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So no. what you're saying is you know who I mean. So what
0: what you're saying is we're the equivalent of the ladies that read like the 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 erotica on their Kindle so that nobody knows
2: what they're reading. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: Wait, you can get a job doing that? <laughs> writing in women's
3: erotica. For-
0: Actually, yes. That that i uh, in all seriousness, I've seen like four or five articles about how that's like one of the most lucrative side hustles you can get is writing erotica yeah. to sell on Amazon. That's what I want to I want to read, read and I write any read read the, I, I, I
1: want to read the erotica out loud off the Kim, Kindle to blind women.
3: <laughs> Way better than that that's... is have the Kindle do it in like in like the reading voice. You know, it's not, not the audio book, but like you know what it like.
1: The digital yes, voice? The, the robot uh, voice? The, the Stephen Hawking voice? voice? Uh, yeah. And then he
3: touched her breath.
4: That's
3: <laughs> hot. Sound like that. But, but, you <laughs> can actually go... <laughs> control all that stuff. Like, you can give it different dialects and accents and stuff. And it's just hysterically oh, funny. Gosh. Like Because it's always that robotic voice, but you can give it, like... It says, like, do you want this with a British accent, oh, a yes. South Wales accent. I'm like, how does a robot sound like it's from South Wales? Like, you know,
1: <laughs> how it's, does he it's not like- even a ro- It's a robot coupled with a series, of, with a large series of samples. So they did sample somebody Welsh at some point, you know, going, hey, ah, oh, you know, all the possible... Sounds and probably a good deal of good number of you know, common words and stuff.
0: I've I've I got an up. even better gig. Silly. You know sometimes you know sometimes you get a DVD or a Blu-ray and it'll have the um descriptive audio for the yeah. visually impaired. That yep. for porno. Now that's a
1: gig yeah. right there. Ooh, that's what I want to do. I wanna do that yeah. job in a Murray Claw Clawhammer voice. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Now she she's reaching up her under his bathrobe. <laughs> But he's her hes her nephew. I get this at the, the breakfast table. She's right up under it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I don't I like know this. if that's... I think that's an enhanced penis or something. Yeah. It's well, not I'm right. Just... It's not right. There's a yeah. big
2: mole on the underside of his shaft.
1: Yeah. This is like... a, This is one of them high-definition <laughs> videos so you can see every boil on her butt. <laughs> Yeah, porno <laughs> should not be in high def. There's yeah. one about forty five oh, degrees from a rectum, oh. <laughs> and one just above the calf. Oh gosh! You know they, they they
3: actually came out with all that like the like the Blu-ray high def DVD like the high def uh you know Blu-ray transfers, and, and they're doing like all the I mean they have all that stuff on DVD, but it's like Christy Canyon and all that like the old school porn, and they're like they, there's talk of doing 4K transfers. I'm like,
1: Who wants to see that in 4K? Well, yeah. Well, don't worry. It's not coming from crispy, clean negatives either because the cameramen could barely focus in those days too, you know. There were some decent cameramen, but almost every, you know, I mean – yeah, they'll be they'll be okay, but they yeah they you will not be seeing any like you know you will not be able to count the hairs on on Nina Hartley's you know yeah. around her butt. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I'm just Area. saying this, but it's like like who in the thinks this, this is a, who thinks this is a lucrative business opportunity? Obviously, there right. must be for
0: somebody. I mean,
3: well, but what I'm saying is like if you think about a physical media is quote unquote dead, as everyone keeps telling me, and then. Like a 4K transfer, those things are like $50, $60 a thing. And now it's 40 points. You can up that to like $70, $80 because, you know, they always jack up the price on the porn anyway. It's oh, like, they jack it, all right.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yes.
0: Oh, yes.
4: Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, so, was, so new so, nightmare. Um, so, yeah, new nightmare. <laughs> but um, um, so next time on an all-new episode <laughs> of the Vault of Starting Monster Tales of Terror, Freddy vs. Jason, we're finally there. We 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 got here. We got to the point where it was Freddy vs. Jason time, and then we covered all the Nightmare movies, and so now we're finally there for Freddy versus Jason. I am I am super excited. I've got a couple of great stories about watching this in the theater, and <laughs> oh
1: yeah, me too. I've actually seen this one and I enjoyed it, so I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward now to re- revisiting after seeing all the Freddy and Jason movies up to this point. So
2: yeah, yeah, this yep. one will just be fun to talk
1: yes Absolutely. it will
3: the only problem is I feel like we shouldn't talk about it I feel like we should wait like another 10 to 15 years and then talk about it so everyone can understand that yeah this movie took forever to get made
0: so but yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we'll tease it a bunch of times and never actually release the episode
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting is overrated we,
3: we, yeah. we'll teach you a whole bunch with stuff that'll never possibly happen and then we can just be like uh, we'll make this movie instead no yeah
1: yeah, we'll just you... do we'll just do like 15 or 20 special episodes and freaks choices and <laughs> tributes to dead directors. Oh
4: my God. Yeah. yeah. And then I tell purple...
0: you. Though. And then Purple Rose of Cairo as well. So.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we got that to do too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Hi, this is
3: John Waters, and you're listening to Two True Freaks. Keep on listening, or I'll
4: have you killed.